Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? Yeah, you know Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? Hey everybody, welcome to Down With D&D. I'm going to be your host for this episode. My name is Sean Merwin, and I was fortunate enough this weekend to attend Winter Fantasy in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne, Indiana. While I was there, I played some games, I had some meetings, and I talked to a few movers and shakers in the D&D world. Um, So there were three interviews I did this weekend. Uh, The first is with the resource manager for the D&D Adventurers League, Alan Patrick. I took a few minutes to talk with Alan about his work in the industry and what's going on with the Adventurers League. Um, There is a cameo appearance by his son nicknamed the Child Beast, so you'll have to excuse um, the Child Beast's contributions uh, to this interview. But here is Alan Patrick. All right, I'm going to talk. Yeah. This is Sean Merwin from Down With D&D. Thanks for listening. I am here today with Alan Patrick, Resource Manager of the D&D Adventurers League. Thanks for talking with me, Alan. Sean, it's always a great time to talk to you. I've I've enjoyed our previous chats. Yes. And uh, so we're here at Winter Fantasy, which is a great convention in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I know that may sound like an oxymoron, (laughs) but it is actually a wonderful time because we're here with... uh, Many people from D- the D&D world, from mm-hmm. podcasters to authors to Wizards of the Coast employees. Yes. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about what you do in the D&D world? Sure. Uh, yeah, like, well, like you said, Winter Fantasy is a great melting pot of all these things. And it, the, the name is really, really like I- ironic but perfect because, I mean, every year we come here, there's always snow and sleet and everything else. So. We're going to be trapped inside being creative, and we're surrounded by our peers. Uh, as a resource manager, i I, I got to say I'm, I'm able to do some things organizationally and creatively that I didn't even know were things that were expected. Uh-huh. So I help, uh, like when people reach out, I help events get the resources they need to be successful. They, uh, they request their epic adventures or uh, special dispensation for charity events and rewards. Uh, I help get them in touch with Wizards for product support requests, uh, and that's what I do externally. Mm-hmm. Internally, I also manage all of our uh, contracting. So even though we ourselves are contractors, uh, if we have to license art for an Adventures League uh, program, if we have a, a, a special sort of out-of-the-loop thing that we need some layout on, uh, software licensing, all that, I'm, I'm the go-to person uh, on that side. And, uh, of course, Claire Hoffman is our other resource manager. Uh, she doesn't do so much of, like, the software licensing and all that because uh, it's nerdy stuff, and she makes me do it, and right. I'm totally fine with it. Because right. <laughs> it's almost like it's what you do in your real job. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, professionally in the, the day job, pay the mortgage right. and all that. I am a huge nerd, mm-hmm. uh, redhead engineer. Uh, I, I do things with web servers. Right. Yeah, in awesome. short. <laughs> and and what's, what's been great about Adventures League that I've found as a person who's worked in previous uh, organized play campaigns mm-hmm. is that I feel like you've gotten a lot more freedom to do different things, yeah. um, such as your event in Hell, Michigan. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, so Pipyap, uh, one of our iconic NPCs, non-player characters, uh, Pipyap is an imp. 
Mama, and Daddy, that is not the voice of Pip yet. Mama, no. Daddy, that is the voice of the child Daddy, beast, my three-year-old, who is joining Daddy, us for today's very special episode. Yes. Daddy, what's Mama? Mama's playing a game, dude. Playing a game. Yeah, she's playing a game. Okay, good visit. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so the, the Pip Yap event uh, was an opportunity for us to do sort of a destination-style mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. using one of our NPCs and a bunch of really like ludicrously awesome, convenient, timed elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were preparing to launch the our, our Season 9 and the then current hardcover uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, one of the themes that we realized is Avernus is basically like Mad Max, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, over-the-top cars and saw blades and eternal right. battle and yeah. limited resources and all this awesome stuff. And I'm in Michigan, which is not exactly Mad Max, no. let me make that clear, but we do have a village by the name of Hell. It's actually named Hell. Mm-hmm. Hell has a biker bar. Mm-hmm. A biker bar that could be rented out for private events. <laughs> so I called them and I pitched the event. They didn't laugh. They mm-hmm. say this is not the weirdest thing we've ever heard. We don't not. even know what D and D is, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Here's our rates. And then, uh, long story short, on Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. we elected an imp to be the mayor, the actual legal mayor of Hell, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a full moon outside. We had the event in the biker bar. There were drinks. There were stories. It was over-the-top craziness. People right. in costume. We've had uh, people recording songs ever since. Right. Uh, it has been amazing. The resounding effect off of it. We get, you know, 100 or so super dedicated gamers. Right. And, you know, that was in September. Here we are in February. And I've been approached by a bunch of those gamers already who are right. also here saying, when are we doing that again? Right. When we can, when can we go back to hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And hell is not conveniently placed. No, so, like, no. it's... It's Airbnb or you sleep in your car, right. really, yeah. and uh, it's th- the nearest hotel is a 40-minute drive, right. and people were super excited to be there, mm-hmm. uh, just to have them asking for it again, like, I'm stoked. It was a very immersive thing right. uh, for not a break-the-bank amount of money. Right, and, and it's, it's great that you had the ability, at, well, it's, first of all, it's great that you had the enthusiasm and the resources to do that, Yeah, and, and you know, bless you for that, <laughs> but that's something that would never have happened Five years ago, ten years ago, yeah, years ago. Our, our community has really changed. Yes, um, and it's it's changed, in my opinion, for the greater. I'm oh, seeing sure. this super increased narrative desire. Mm-hmm. So people are playing up tiny little niche elements of their character sheet, and that's what they're defining themselves as. Right. And that's that's awesome. They're pouring themselves onto the page, yeah. which means that we don't have to look at the combat side of things as much. Yeah. And yeah. that results in people having these stories of camaraderie and allyship and friendship that develop, yeah. regardless of where they're coming from, the country or around the world. Sure. They're, they're coming back together at these events. Yeah. Oh, it's scary. You're under the table, dude. It's dark. <laughs> And another thing that you've been able to do as an Adventures League admin team is create your own products. Yes. Uh, what was the latest release? The, the Well, the latest, well, skipping those NDAs. <laughs> the latest release that you could talk <laughs> about. Yes, that's a, that's a key thing. Actually, uh, Pippi Apps Guide would be mm-hmm. like the most recent big right. one. Uh, Pippi Apps Guide to All of the Nine Hells was a surprise product that we launched to coincide with Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. We actually released that content uh, in digital format with the launch of that Pipiap event in Hell. Right. Okay. So Descent to Avernus details the first of the nine Hells. Mm-hmm. Avernus, the upper layer. 
and, and there's a, a beautiful adventure on top of it. Um, what we did with our product is we, the administrator team, uh, there were only six of us at the time, uh, we banded together and we wrote uh, several adventures, detailed all of the remaining layers of hell, uh, and then we provided some seeds for DMs to create official AL content mm -hmm. using those layers of hell that we didn't write adventures for. So the DMs, wherever they are, could... Excuse more me. cookies. Yes, more cookies. They could create cookies. Hell is a great place for cookies. I, I've heard that. Yes. Uh, they're not fey cookies, which is great. Right. Uh, hell wasp cookies. Yes, exactly. Uh, DMs all over the world could take ownership of the hellish content and really deliver those themes and deliver a cool experience to their players that really we didn't have to get in and micromanage. Let them create and deliver awesome stories, mm -hmm. and we just worry about the framework. Right. So outside of Adventures League, what have you worked on in the RPG and D&D world? Uh, a number of things. In recent years, I, uh, I've, I've been involved in some pretty surprising products, some of which have not been published. Not necessarily NDA, but for various reasons. Right. Uh, yes, bud, I know. you got to give me a second here. It's like working with a publisher. I need more. Yes, no kidding. <laughs> uh, so one of the really cool things actually involves you. So I, I hope you've talked about this stuff before, but we've uh, we we did some uh, some work on Star Trek together, the Star Trek Adventures organized play campaign. Yep. Uh, that was a terrifying experience in all the right ways because uh, you told me I was ending the season, give them a cliffhanger, make them want more. Right. And it's Star Trek, man. Yeah. It, like getting to write with Star Trek. I mean, it, what are the chances? I, right? I had the same feeling starting on that that I did when I started working on some D and D stuff, which was me. <laughs> right. Why me? Yeah. Uh, I've done a little, uh, a couple of little things for Rob Schwalb and Shadow of the Demon Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had some talks with other publishers that are uh, some larger properties mm -hmm. that are unfortunately still under NDA. Sure. Uh, but there are some really cool other like self-driven things mm -hmm. that are out there. Uh, there there's uh, you know there, there's some Pathfinder stuff that mm -hmm. I'm interested in mostly in some sillier things. Uh, there's a, a really cool uh, like community drive, similar to what we have with DMs Guild mm -hmm. for Call of Cthulhu. Right. And uh, like I, I love I love those like detail oriented spooky horror stories. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm chewing on a couple of potentials for that. Cool. And we'll see what else shanks lose. Yeah. Now you contributed to the Watsy hardcover Dungeon of the Bad Mage. Correct? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can you talk about how that? When what that was like because that was your first it, that was my first actual hardcover actual right hardcover yeah that. yeah um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage is uh, it's the update of Undermountain for mm -hmm. fifth edition and like I remember as a teenager like I'm in the basement playing games with friends and being like it'd be really cool to do dungeon you know Undermountain right. stuff dungeon right. development like that that would be something that would be awesome I'll make pizza money right and it stuck in my head and fast forward several years and I get. What, what I believe was probably the most casual pitch ever, where Perkins reached out to me with a DM over Twitter <laughs> right? and said, I got this thing. Do you want to work on it? And my, res my, my first response was to make sure that this was actually Perkins' right. Twitter account. <laughs> exactly. Go back and check and make sure. Does it have the check mark? Like, is it real? Right. Right. Got a hold of our contractor coordinator, Chris Lindsay. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, hey, is Perkins, like, does he... Does he know who I am? Is that good or bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's closed. Uh, ultimately, he gave me a couple of uh, levels. Uh, mm -hmm. They gave me some outlines that were pretty loose and said, go nuts. 
One of them was, uh, uh, sorry, the lights. The child beast turned off the lights. It's mm. very atmospheric. Yes. Uh, one of the levels was brand new. One of the levels was an update from an old dungeon crawl adventure. Cool. Here, bud. Let's leave the light switch alone. There we go. Leave it alone, bud. Uh, so it was an update of an old dungeon, dungeon crawl adventure, uh, Mad Goth's Castle. Mm-hmm. And there are just some beautiful things in there. A shrinking environment, there's a, a fairy dragon. And I'd never really done anything with fairy dragons before. But this, uh, this was an opportunity to, uh, to really get super creative. And uh, just exploring some of the, the themes that were in there, giants and all sorts of stuff. Uh, I mean, it was under mountain to a T. Right. And then the brand new content, Ch- Jameson, uh, the brand new content was a spin in the other direction where they gave me a very loose concept and said, let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I discovered that Chris Perkins was a Canadian citizen while I was developing this uh-huh. because the pitch I sent him was American Gladiator set in Undermountain. <laughs> From what I hear, he wasn't aware of American Gladiators well, until this. <laughs> he was also a man of taste, obviously. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I, I may have lowered the bar. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, It's... Sort of themed on a death trap dungeon, that particular mm-hmm. section, but it's interactive traps, sort of game show style. Uh, there's a, 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 an announcer that harangues the players all the way through. Like, if you don't play by the rules, the announcer through the magic mouth PA system is just like, ooh, the rogue's going to hide behind the pillar. Not that pillar in the back. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're playing by the rules, it becomes like a play by play announcement and, right. you know, super inventive and, you know, just. A different way to look at that sort of challenging yeah. content. Yeah, and, and that's a huge project to. Uh, that's a huge project to have to wrap up, especially for your first time. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was it. Was uh, it was a little bit different from how we handle our timelines and stuff. And uh, it, he's still hitting the light switch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the timelines were a little bit different from how we do our stuff. Not a bad thing, uh, but I tell you, the thing that it was. Re- the thing that was really terrifying about it is, like, this is my first major professional publishing contract. Right. And Chris Perkins is an awesome individual. I just see, like, the passion and the care he puts into it. And as an artist, I'm always anticipating the worst possible feedback. Right. So I submitted. Yep. And weeks go by. And the rest of our team is like, oh, I got my feedback from Perkins, and they're all talking about it. And, you know, for better or worse, they're just comparing notes. Right. I got nothing. Mm-hmm. So all I'm thinking is like, how bad is it? Like, is it so bad that he just doesn't want to like email me back? Right. right. So eventually, I email him. Like six weeks have gone by. I email him. Hey, hey, Chris. Like, I just want to make sure that I didn't accidentally delete an email. I don't want to miss a deadline. Everyone else is talking about the feedback they've gotten. I just haven't seen anything. And his response was, No, it's fine. What are you worried about? Yeah. That's. That's, that's <laughs> from, from Mr. Perkins, that's about the highest praise you can receive. So yeah. You know you did your job. Oh, well. my God. It was terrifying and awesome at yes. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. 
Well, I'm going to be back later with some more interviews, but I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you for putting up with myself and the Child Beast. Oh, the Child Beast has been been an incredible entertainment. <laughs> uh, I, I, people say I usually podcast in the dark, and in this case... In this case, it was dark, it was, light, it was dark, dark, light, dark. For, for, a, for a portion of it. Yes. Uh, so where can people find you online if they want to follow you or talk to you? Uh, Twitter is my most active place anymore, so it's at Wharftiner. Uh, you can also contact me for actual D&D-based discussions, resource at dndadventuresleague.org, uh, preferably without the screaming in the background, although, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes I do that. As a parent of a young child, this is your life. <laughs> this is this is my life. This is, will be the voice in your head for this, the rest of your life. This is my indefinite future. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> my second interview was with David Christ. Dave is the primary owner of Bald Man Games. Uh, as you'll find out, Bald Man Games runs official D&D content at places like Gen Con, Origins, and at the aforementioned Winter Fantasy. So I took a moment to sit down with Dave to see how the show was going and to talk about D&D at conventions in general. So here's Dave. Hey everybody, it's Sean from Down With D&D here at Winter Fantasy, and I am sitting down to chat with Mr. David Christ of Bald Man Games. Dave is the bald man himself, and uh, just wanted to check in and see how things are going on the bald man game side of, uh, of life. Uh, it's, go- it's going great, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Um, the show is going wonderful. We actually got some snow this year, right? So the winter part of the winter fantasy is actually is coming true. We, um, we brought the fantasy, they bring the winter. <laughs> exactly, they bring the winter. The winter and their hatred of money, yes, right? That is enough. the Fort Wayne way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the show is actually going really, really great. Um, we what, have a, What year is it? For... So this is the 44th year of winter fantasy. Okay. Um, obviously, I inherited that from somebody before me. Um, I was not running the show when I was four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, but uh, this is uh, the 21st year of the show for me. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm going to the show. I believe this is my 17th or 16th or 17th running Okay. the show. And you've been in Fort Wayne for? Uh, we came to Fort Wayne, I think this is our 12th year back. Wow. Um, it feels so like it. <laughs> it feel, I mean, it feels, right? We've, it feels like home. We've been here long enough that we've noticed all the changes, right? Sure. We've seen buildings torn down. We've yep. seen them rebuilt, right? Yep. There's a new hotel. There's two new hotels, yep. right? We've been here. We've been here a while, but, uh, you know, the downtown keeps getting nicer and nicer, and right, which just benefits the show. Yeah. Right? What's great about uh, playing here in Fort Wayne is everything's cheap, as Dave said. They hate money. And, uh, you know, the first year there were a couple restaurants that you could walk to. At this point, within a couple blocks, you have so many choices of yep. many different kinds of food. The hotel is cheap. Um, the show is laid back. But it's... It's not only laid back, but you look around and, hey, there's Mike Merles. Hey, there's Chris Lindsay from Wizards of the Coast. Hey, there's somebody, uh, Rob Schwab who's running his own game. Yep. You know, it's, it's amazing that the people that you just meet and get to sit down and talk to in the industry. Yeah, it's, you know, you don't get that at, you know, the, the bigger shows, right, because everybody's too busy. Right. Right, when you're, like, you know, at Gen Con, right, or something, everybody's always on the way to do something. Mm-hmm. Right, and here, everybody's just kind of, just kind of laid back and hanging out, right. which is part of what we want with the show. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of advertising for the show. We don't do a lot of marketing for the show. Um, all of our growth is pretty much just word of mouth, mm-hmm. you know, organic, which is fine because we did, we know we don't want to be the massive show, mm-hmm. right? We want to be the cozy, friendly, you know, we want the show to feel like 
a yearly reunion with your friends, right? right? And it's as much about the social aspect of hanging out mm -hmm. as it is about actually playing the games. And, and you see right? that, right? You see for three slots over a course of a day, people are sitting down having fun. But then you go to any of the local restaurants or bars or even out in the, the lobby of the hotel, and people are sitting around sharing stories, chatting, and just seem kind of, you know, having a good time and catching up with their friends from around the world. Yeah, but, you know, people take slots off. Like, in a normal show, you're like, oh, I'm not taking a slot. I mean, people take a slot off just to go play a board game or mm -hmm. go have an extended lunch, right? right? Because it's, right, it's about hanging out with people that you don't get to see a lot. Yeah. Right, you know, I tell everybody, you know, the big shows are awesome, but, you know, that, that we do... But this show is the show that I do because it makes all my friends come to one place and hang out. Yep. Right. And so yep. it's it's a side you know it's a side benefit if I get to hang out with all my friends over a weekend, right. and just play games and have fun. Yep. So I, I'm I've, I've talked to you before on the show and at Winter Fantasy uh, on the mics here, and you Baldman Games would run uh, D&D official D&D play for Gen Con, for Origins at Winter Fantasy. But you've kind of been spreading out a little bit, haven't you? Uh, so a little bit, right? It, you know, it depends on the year. You know, we occasionally do PAXs, mm -hmm. right, depending on the year and the season. Um, you know, we've done Hascon, right, right, which was a really a really unique show a couple of years back, and I really hope Hasbro figures out how to how to do it again. You know, I've never done a show where I can do life-size life size pie face mm -hmm. and then go to a full ride a concert, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a really fun show. Um, you know, last year we did the D&D live event mm -hmm. uh, out in California, yeah. so we're really hoping, um, you, know, to, you know, find out if they're going to do that again, and we'd love right. to do that again. Um, you know, we're talking with UK Games Expo, mm -hmm. right? We may do some, some stuff with that. Um, you know, there's always, you know, always, you know, keeping your eyes open right. for, for different things to do. But, of course, I mean, there's always the, the main three, right? You've got Winter right. Fantasy and Origins and Gen Con. Right. Right? We do them year after year after year. And, yeah. and you've been able now, um, through the programs that the Adventures League has created, to start creating your own content. Yeah, we, we were given, um, you know, along with, you know, our, our sister show, right, Gamehole Con, mm -hmm. right, we were given our own sections of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, so we have the Moonshea Isles, mm -hmm. right, Doug Niles, one of the original places. Uh, and so we've been doing a storyline, Rising Shadows, mm -hmm. you know, which continues through all the different shows. Uh, the, camp, the, the initial campaign of that will wrap up at Winter Fantasy uh, 2021 next year. Wow. Um, and when it's all done, we will actually have uh, 57 adventures and a finale. So there'll actually be 58 parts to the story. Um, so, I mean, a campaign that could take you literally years to play at home right. if you wanted. Um, and so then when it wraps up, we're actually going to be looking to, uh, uh, to wrap them into larger books mm -hmm. and do print on demand and actually okay. put them out like almost like a big adventure like you get from, you know, Wizards or somebody else where you can actually get the Moonshake campaign to play at home. Wow, I'm 58 adventures. That's a lot of pages. There's a lot of pages, yeah. right? <laughs> no, it, because it started with the campaign guide, which you can get on uh, the DM's Guild. Uh, that's print-on-demand as well. Yep, it's print-on-demand as well. Okay. So, right, we're really happy with that. Um, it's, I mean, it's platinum, right, which is wow. which is great, yeah. you know, to get that on the DM's Guild. Um, yeah, yeah, print-on-demand, PDF, you know, and we're, we, we'd, 
we've, we're getting a lot of people asking us to do the same thing with the adventures, right? Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, in order to make that worth it, we have to, you know, combine trilogies, combine storylines. Right. And, uh, and the layout is a whole different thing. Exactly, the layout, right? Because, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you just you just can't add the PDFs together and, <laughs> right? and, and print a book. I mean, right. you could, but it would be an awful book, yeah, right? You wouldn't want that. You know, we don't need the boilerplate 15 times in an adventure, right? Sure. So there needs to be some work and some editing to, yeah. to do that. But um, Okay. Is there anything else uh, that, that's on the horizon or anything? I mean, I know this is kind of like a part-time job for you, and you have a family, and you have <laughs> yeah. all this other stuff I know. When, when you say what's on the horizon and what you're working on, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I start saying some things I want to do and my wife hears this, she's going to give okay. me the finger and be like, ah, uh, don't no, do it. No. I know you're already doing too much. Not going to do it? You know, no. I mean, right now, you know, the next big thing's on the horizon. You know, everybody's, everybody thinks, oh, that show's six months off. You couldn't possibly be working on it. You know, right? And that's unfortunately not true, right. right? You know, some shows like Gen Con never stop, right? Mm-hmm. I've been working on Gen Con since last October. Right. Uh, right. So the next two big things for us in March is going to be us uh, starting our, posting our schedules for Origins and Gen Con and then okay. doing our looking for judges. Okay. Right. You know, we take, it takes about 80 to 100 people to, to pull off an Origins. It takes almost 200 mm. to pull off a Gen Con, right? right? So, uh, you know, we have to start pretty early, you know, shaking the trees. Yeah. Looking under the rocks, you know, looking for, you know, what could potentially be our next great DM right. who just needs a little prodding to come out to a show and yeah. and shine. So. And, and I've said this before on you know, on the show, I got my start doing conventions with you, pretty much. Um, yeah. You know, and and that's how I learned how much I didn't know about D and D because I would sit down to DM with players and they would correct me on certain things, and I would look at the adventures that I was running and say, oh. This really works, or oh, this really doesn't. And if you have to run an adventure seven times, you quickly learn what's a good story and what's not, what are good rules and what aren't. And so, you know, it's a great experience to be able to come out and do that, even if you are always just running for your same home group or your, you know your same game store. Coming out to a convention and running for different groups of people is an amazing experience. Yeah, it's it's it really hones your skills, and I mean, it, it does it both ways, right? Even just coming to a convention and playing. Mm-hmm. Right, because you know you're maybe used to only playing with your home DM, and right, and you're kind of stuck in your ways of how you do things. And you'll sit down with a different DM, right, and he may do initiative slightly different, or mm-hmm. he may how he, you know, how he pulls in the quiet player on right. the table, right? right? That might be you or the person next to you, right? And you're like, right, we're all DMs, we all steal from each other, right? Mm-hmm. But it makes us all better. Sure. So if if somebody wanted to DM for Bald Band Games, whether it be you know, Origins, Gen Con, Winter Fantasy, or one of the other shows you work on, how would you do that? Uh, so the best way is to keep track, you know, the website, you okay. know, baldbandgames.com. Okay. Um, we have a sister site, theheraldsguild.com, mm-hmm. which is our uh, which is our judge training ranking recognition mm-hmm. program. Um, so both those websites, whenever we're looking for judges, will have, you know, updates and pages, right? We also have the Book of Faces Mm-hmm. Right in Twitter, right, and that's where we put out our calls. And we say, "Hey, we're looking for DMs for an event." Right, we'll link you to a page, and the page will tell all the details. Right of, right, this is how much, and you get a badge. Right, you work this much, we'll give you some cool shirts and some books. Right, sure. you work this much, you know, you'll get a hotel room. Okay, right, and so we you know, and <coughs> everybody's like, "Hey, we've never done this before." And it's like, you know, what? we all we've all been in that time that where this person, is our right? first time. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. If people want to follow you specifically, say on Twitter, um, where, where can they go? 
Uh, so Twitter, it's at baldmangames.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook, we have a Bald Man Games group. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those are linked through the website. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, right, thank you. And last but certainly not least, I was able to corral Bill Benham. Bill is an employee at Wizards of the Coast. His job is tabletop RPG producer. So I grabbed Bill and got him to talk with me a bit about what he does in his job and how he got into gaming and you know moved into his position with Wizards of the Coast. So here's my talk with Bill. Hey there, it's Sean from Down with D&D, and I'm here with Bill Benham, the new producer, tabletop RPG producer at Wizards of the Coast. You may remember Bill from his days as an Adventures League administrator, but he's moved on to, let us say, bigger and hopefully better things. Thanks for uh, coming on to talk with me, Bill. Thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we're here at Winter Fantasy, the winterest fantasy of all. Indeed. As, as we say, we provide the fantasy. Fort Wayne provides the winter. Yeah. And as it snows outside now. Uh, so you have gone from administrator to a full-time employee at Wizards. Uh, I have. So what do you do as a tabletop role-playing game producer? As the tabletop RPG producer for the D&D team, my job is to make sure that our, uh, our book products uh, come out when they're supposed to, like meet the schedule, that they meet budget, because books do have a budget, they do cost money to make, mm-hmm. uh, and that all the pieces and parts get together uh, at the appropriate times. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more to making a book than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's managing schedules and freelancers and uh, editors and uh, working with the graphic design and art team and sales and <laughs> publishing and all these different people to make sure that the books uh, come out on time. So so for a typical book, where you maybe have you know maybe four or five people writing a book. You think, okay, here are four or five people who are writing. How many people do you actually have to deal with just to get that book out on time, under budget, and get it to the point where it's you know, out the door and on shelves? Um, actually, the, one of the smaller parts of the job is actually dealing with freelance writers. Like that's, that's a little bit, but there's for, uh, let's say, a book has four or five writers. You could have two to three editors. There's going to be maybe 30 artists Mm -hmm. depending um and then there's i mean there's a lot of hands that touch our books Mm -hmm. and it's folks you know inside and outside of wizards of the coast so there's a lot of relationship management to do and Mm -hmm. uh a lot of finance Mm -hmm. more more than i initially thought there would be but it it, i come from a background where i was dealing with money anyway so it was fine yeah, you you were in the uh, army. Yep, I, I was in the army. I was a medic in the army for twenty years. When I retired, I was working in uh, uh, medical operations and planning, mm-hmm. uh, and then I got a master's degree in healthcare administration at University of Washington. Became a healthcare exec and got really burnt out on that. Uh, and in between, one of the big constants was working in organized play. Right. So, uh, living Greyhawk, living Forgotten Realms. And then with uh, the Adventures League, I got to make some relationships with the folks at Wizards, and I had taken a hiatus from work because, uh, again, I was burnt out. And uh, Mike Morales reached out to me, and I started as a contractor, was a contractor for a year, and then I became a full-time employee back in uh, September. As a contractor, you were doing similar work? Almost exactly the same okay. work. Yeah. Awesome. 
so have you found the work to be fulfilling? Very much so. Like what I did before, like working in healthcare, it was fulfilling. It was just grinding. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, the the people management was extremely tiresome. I don't have to manage like direct reports anymore, which I like. But yeah, like putting a book, seeing a book go from concept to printed product and then having somebody go, oh my God, I read this story and it was great. Like, And they tell you the stories about what they did, uh, you know, their their whether it's AL or their home group or whatever like that. That is really gratifying because yeah. you're helping people make you know pleasant memories. And the world is a wild and sometimes a <laughs> not pleasant place. So yeah. it's it's nice to bring people a little joy sometimes through that through my work. Yeah. Uh, so when did you? Uh, how did you come into organized play? We we've been talking more about organized play on the show. Okay. And so yeah, how did how did you get involved with that? I got involved with organized play when I was stationed uh, down in Fort Lewis, Washington, and uh, my good friend Travis Woodall, uh, he and I were in a, a home game together, uh, and after I came back from deployment, he said, hey, there's this thing called Living Greyhawk, and it's a whole bunch of people get together at this game store, play D&D, why don't you come check it out? I said, cool. So I did. I went and checked it out, and I met uh, some of my my closest friends now are people that I met right. through Living Greyhawk. So that was, I just initially started as a player. And then after about like three or four months, I started DMing. Uh, and then uh, I got to know people who were like triad for our right. region. With, and for yeah. those who are not familiar, the triad just like a little, how would you describe the triad? They, they were the administrators for the region. Yes. Right. So make sure that the storyline was on track and that the modules came out and were appropriate and so forth. Right. So I uh, got invested in that. That was how I met Chris Tulock and Chris Lindsay, who became friends of mine. Uh, and then when the fourth edition transitioned, I didn't leave the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I became a, like an administrator for uh, Living uh, Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when that closed down, I just kept active in my local community running right. games and I met Dave. So I started running, running, uh, games with, with Baldman, mm-hmm. uh, which enabled me to hang out, spend some time with the folks from Watsi, mm-hmm. uh, at shows. And it was just kind of a gradual right. progression. Yeah. And you didn't have any special training for role-playing games for... Not in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, and what was most helpful about, uh organized play especially working on modules and whatnot is it it helped me learn the writing style that is peculiar to D D because mm-hmm. it is very specific right and i've seen uh in various products since i've been at wizards folks who are like you know authors like folks that have written novels or maybe they write comic books and you say oh hey i want to write an adventure and they are just flabbergasted. They have no idea what to do with it because the skill set is super, mm-hmm. uh, super specific. Yeah. So being able to get acquainted with that and uh, kind of the, the adventure creation process, it, it really helped. Uh, and knowing the knowing D and D really helped walking in the door, like understanding lore and mm-hmm. kind of what the game is all about. Super helpful. Yeah. Really helped prepare me for that. Yeah. So as a producer, you've probably worked with a lot of writers. Uh, quite a few. Uh, over the years and then in your role at, at Wizards. Mm-hmm. If I, we get a lot of questions that have to do with, hey, I'm a DM and I want to be a writer or, you know, I want to put stuff up on the DMs Guild. What, you know, what should I do? Or I want to write for organized play. What should I do? Taking out those specific avenues just in general in terms mm-hmm. of 
being a writer for D and D. Yes. What are some tips that you could share? Uh, things that you've seen now in your many roles over the years as you know, someone who now gets to judge the quality of what's coming in yeah. and have to make decisions about those sorts of things. Uh, I would say the most important things when it comes to writing D&D, I would say whether you're writing for yourself to put a, a product out on, say, on DM's Guild, like I said, or if you're working as a freelancer with, say, Wizards of the Coast or with uh, the Adventures League to write an adventure, of key importance, let number one, be punctual. Mm-hmm. Like, if the, if the deadline is day X, and I'm guilty of this sometimes myself, like like uh, having to extend or miss a deadline because something comes up, happens, but uh, be prepared to turn over the work when you say you're going to turn over the work, when the work is needed. Uh, if there's a style guide or uh, a template, template yeah. dear God, please read the style guide. Like, internalize the style guide and please use the templates. Nothing is more, well... They're, you know, <laughs> right. One of the most infuriating things is receiving a turnover of work and then having to spend a bunch of extra time reformatting it mm-hmm. or uh, cleaning up, uh, say, grammatical errors that yeah. could have been caught just yeah. by word. Like, mm-hmm. give, just be thorough, check your details, uh, and communicate regularly with the folks that you're you're working with. Right. What I've found is ideas are cheap, but work is. Is hard. It, that is it. That is actually an excellent way to put it. A lot of folks uh, get really invested in wanting to see their name, like as the designer or the lead designer or whatever. But there's a lot of kind of finicky detail work that mm. goes behind that. You don't just get to create a story. You also have to make sure that all the like. Uh, one thing I've noticed: people are loath to tackle are stat blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take a lot of work, format-wise, right. and. Uh, transposing them and, and doing them uh, correctly, and making sure that all the all the as Jeremy Crawford would say, all the fingers and toes are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not everyone does that, and you you have to you have to be willing to put in some hours and work. It's not right. like it's good work. Right. But it's not all fun and oh my god, we're going to go to the abyss or some something like right, that. Right, right. It's 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 fun to you know. Outline the plot of War and Peace. Yes. Uh, but putting the sentences together is just as important as that grand idea. Yeah, and it takes discipline, too, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Yeah. To to write however many words a day you need to write. Yep, and, so, and being cognizant of that. Right. Like, you say, oh, it's 15,000 words. You have two months. You need to, like, most people, oh, I'll just sit down and do it. At, no, that's not when you do good work. It's when you're trying to crank right. out 8,000 words in a day. Yeah. That's exhausting. Yeah, right. it's it's doable, but you know, so is eating, you know, the Grand Canyon worth of hot dogs dirt or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like hot dogs, but Okay, well, I I like dirt better than hot dogs. Okay, good. That's, that's just <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> but yeah, and that that's true at every level, right? It, that's true from Working on a D and D hardcover for Wizards, mm-hmm. or it's true writing a CCC for uh, the Adventures League, or yeah. it's true for putting up a two-page PDF on the DM's Guild. Right? It's yep. it's it's the details that that get you. It's yep. it's that old uh, saying that you know eighty percent of the project is only twenty percent of the work, and mm-hmm. the last twenty percent of the work is eighty percent of the project. That that, that yeah. is uh, that is very well said. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what, uh, what is is the most fulfilling part of of your job? You think? Uh, 
it's two things. One is when we have uh, kids, like middle school, high school, elementary school kids, who come and visit uh, Wizards, and seeing just how intensely excited they yeah. are by by what we make. Uh, and the other part of it is the satisfaction of seeing, like, the everybody's uh, been talking about the uh, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, right. fantastic book. Well, I was privileged the other day to get the, the first off-the-press copies so that Whoa. we could look at it and make sure the color saturation is right and there's not, you know, weird printing defects or whatever. Right. Um, that That is extremely satisfying to be like, man, I spent, because the typical production time for a hardcover is... From idea until you see it on shelves, close to two years. Okay, uh, it's just a long, it's a long time. It's a long time, and it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's satisfying because I think of all the like all the effort I've put into it, right. and there it is in like a physical yeah. form. It's cool. Yeah. Like that's it. that's one of the strangest things about working on a project with that long a lead time is, say, when you're writing, you turn over your text mm-hmm. and. Maybe uh, two years later, the book comes out and people are saying, oh, you know, I really loved blank. I really loved that orc you put in who had the mohawk. I didn't remember that. And and you have (laughs) no idea what they're talking about because you have done two years of work since then. Yep. And you really can't talk about the work you're doing right now. Nope. Because that's all. That's all under NDA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that happens to me a lot. Where especially when it comes to stuff about the Adventures League, right. is I'm almost completely ignorant of the current season because most of the stuff I'm working on is coming out in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it's yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it can be mildly disorienting or wanting to tell people about this really. Oh my god, you're gonna love this, yeah. but I can't because I. Yeah, I, I would get fired. Yeah. So do you do you uh, do you talk about anything on social media, game related? I don't know, not a lot. I yeah. I probably shouldn't, but I mostly talk about politics on social media. Yeah. Uh, and but, pugs and pugs. And pugs. I do love pugs. I also have a French bulldog that I'm I'm very fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, cats are okay too, but <laughs> I, I prefer my my snorting uh, dogs. No, I. Uh, um, no, I have a fairly low social media profile. I yeah. think. Well, if people wanted to, you know, keep keep up with you, where where might they find you? Uh, I am Bill Benham Two uh, on Twitter. That would be a good place to keep up with me. And uh, yeah, most of my Facebooks, uh, my Facebook profile is kind of locked down unless you're my friend. But I'm, Bill, <laughs> I'm Bill Benham on uh, I'm Bill Benham on Twitter. Those would yeah. be the two best places to 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 hit me up. In fact. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was contacting folks because I didn't have their email addresses, but mm-hmm. we wanted to talk to them about maybe doing some freelance work. So I was mm-hmm. hitting people up on Twitter. Yeah, it's so. it's funny. It used to be like a letter in the mail, very official. Yeah, it became an official email, and now it's like you know on some Twitter, Facebook, whatever medium. Hey, uh, can you talk? Hey, you want to talk for a minute? We're going to talk about a book we're going to do. Yeah, awesome. That's it. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. You too. I hope you enjoyed those uh, interviews. I'm going to try to get a few more interviews in the next few weeks with some other people, some Wizards of the Coast employees, other people uh, in the tabletop industry. So uh, I'm looking forward to reaching out to some people for that. But for now, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support. 
Um, if you're able to support us monetarily, you can do so at patreon.com. Um, just look up uh, Misdirected Mark. Um, we try to give back uh, as much as we can for you who give to us. If you can't help us monetarily, you can review us on whatever uh, platform you listen to our podcast. Talk about us on social media. That will certainly help. Um, but we're just here to have fun and talk about D&D. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Merwin. We have a forum for Misdirected Mark at forums.misdirectedmark.com where you can chat with us. And, you know, just thanks for your support all around. I am going to now go kill some monsters. You down with D and D? Yeah, you know me. You down with D and D? Yeah, you know me. You down with D and D? Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D and D? You down with D and D? You down with D and D? Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D and D?